Psalm 145 says this, it says, I will exalt you, my God the King. I will praise your name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. One generation will commend your works to another and they will tell of your mighty acts. They will speak of the glorious splendor of your majesty and I will meditate on your wonderful works. I don't know what kind of week you've had, but as we come together to worship today, let's take a moment just to breathe and to focus in on the wonderful things that God has done for us. Let's worship together. What is it? 
Hello and welcome. Whether you're joining us online or in person, you picked a fun weekend to be here. It's Creation Care Weekend and we want to welcome all of our human friends as well as all of our four-legged furry friends. If you're new here, welcome. We would love the opportunity to get to know you better. We have a form you can fill out, you can text, you can scan the QR code, visit our guest centers, or ask one of our amazing frontline volunteers. Here at Cathedral of Faith, we are so proud to have over 50 different countries represented in our congregation. And on Sunday, October 24th, we want to celebrate our diversity, International Sunday. We have live performances, fun things planned for the whole family, and we would love to see you come in your cultural attire. So mark your calendars and plan to be here. We are in the middle of our Masterclass series, so be sure to check cathedralofaith.org every Monday for the latest devotional from one of our pastoral teams. And be sure to follow us on social media for the latest and greatest and most up-to-date information. And finally, on this special Creation Care Weekend, where we welcome all of our furry friends, I leave you with this dog joke. Where should a dog never go shopping? The flea market, but I'm bummed. I hope you have a great week. Thanks, Stephanie. We're so glad you're here with us this weekend, watching and letting God speak to your heart. Well, I have a couple questions for you. First of all, have you seen our Connect, Grow, Serve options? There's a booklet we have available here on campus, and there's online options you can see on the website of ways that you can connect, ways that you can grow, ways that you can serve. So my question is this, are you connecting are you growing? Are you serving? I sure hope that as we walk through this masterclass series, you're understanding how vital those questions are to your life. May God help you find that way to connect and grow and serve. Well, I have another question for you. Where does this come from? Any answers out there? I think that probably most of you are seeing this little logo right here and saying, ah, it comes from Starbucks. Well, that's sort of right. But the reality is, if you look a little closer, this actually comes from Indonesia. It doesn't come from Starbucks. It comes from Indonesia. And if you go a little further and say, where does this come from? Well, it actually comes from a plant that grows in Indonesia. So it's, yeah, it's from Starbucks. And yeah, it's from Indonesia, but it's from a plant. But the reality is who formed and shaped and made that plant possible? It's God. So believe it or not, when I say, where does this coffee come from? The answer is it comes from God. Everything we have, everything that is part of our life comes from God. In fact, in Romans eleven thirty six, 36, it says this. Everything comes from God. Everything exists by his power and everything is intended for his glory. Did you hear that? Everything comes from God. And what happens in this moment when we prepare to bring our tithes and offerings is we acknowledge oh, that coffee, yeah, we got it at Starbucks and maybe you got those groceries in Safeway and maybe you, well, wherever you got what you have, it all comes from God. 
Now, there's a great promise in Scripture that we read about our needs for whatever we need. Philippians 4.19 says this, My God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Scripture says he'll supply every need. Now, here's my question. Is that a promise for everyone? Well, one of the ways to tell is just to look a few verses earlier. And here's what it says. Paul writes, No one shared in the matter of giving except you only. The gifts you sent are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. So here's the context. Do you know why Paul said God's going to meet all your needs? It's because the people of Philippi had been generous. They had given. And that's a promise to people who are being generous. And if you'd like to receive that promise that God will meet all your needs, it comes to those who are being generous. And we give you that opportunity in this moment to be generous by giving. And there are several ways you can do that. You can go to the app on your cell phone and offer your gifts that way. You can go online to our website, bring your gifts that way. Or there's a number on the screen you can text to. And in doing so, you can be generous so that that promise is for you. The other option is you can write out a check and mail it in or drop it by the church office Monday through Friday. This is your way of being generous so that God can meet all your needs. Because we in this moment acknowledge, God, everything, everything, everything comes from you. Well, what a great series we're in with Pastor Ken as we walk through Masterclass. You're gonna be blessed today as we understand that not only does everything belong to God, he, and he created everything, he has a purpose for it, including the world that he set us in. Pastor Ken? Hello, Cathedral family and friends. Thanks so much for joining me today. We've been in this masterclass on purpose, and we've seen how we're wired to worship and how we're created to connect. And today I'd like to talk to you about how we've been made to manage. Let me tell you about a young man who grew up in a wealthy family. His dad was an entrepreneur who had started his own business. Now, the plan was to one day have the son run the family business. He had the charisma. He had the leadership. But as a teenager, he loved to party. And so he would use that charisma and leadership to lead his buddies down the wrong path. Eventually, though, he... He realized that you can't party forever, but he doesn't want to join the family business because him and his dad, they don't get along. He doesn't want anybody telling him what to do. And so he joins the military. Well, one day he's in a battle. The battle doesn't go well and he's captured and taken as a prisoner of war. But it's while he's there in jail. See, the prison bars can keep you in but they can't keep God out. And God begins to work on his heart. And it begins a spiritual journey where eventually one day God will use that young man's charisma and leadership to bring renewal to the church around the world. This man especially had an appreciation for creation one day he's walking through a valley with his friends 
And he looks around him and there's so many birds, so many varieties. He's just overcome with joy and the sense of beauty. And he begins to preach. He starts preaching to those birds. And this is part of what he said. My brother and sister birds, you should praise your creator and always love him. He gave you feathers for clothes, wings to fly, and all of the things that you need. It is God who made you noble among all creatures, making your home in thin, pure air. Without sowing or reaping, you receive God's guidance and protection. Well, it must have been a pretty good sermon because none of the birds fell asleep. And he brought to the world a renewed sense of appreciation for creation. He became a champion for animal rights. And this weekend, well, all around the world, hundreds of millions of people will celebrate this man who was known as the father of ecology, as the patron saint of animals. His name, of course, is St. Francis of Assisi. And for the next few moments, I would like you to think with me about a theology of ecology. What does the Bible have to say about our role in creation? How can we create a world where human beings can flourish and creation can flourish as well? When you look around you, it seems like just about everybody is talking about going green. I saw this one guy, he decided to go green. I'm not sure exactly if that's what people mean by that statement, but everywhere you turn, it's on mugs, it's on clocks. I even found a baby outfit that said, I'm going green in my diaper. Hello, that's disgusting. What does scripture have to say about all this stuff? I wonder what God's favorite color is. Is God's favorite color green? Well, to find our answer, we go all the way back to the beginning in Genesis chapter 1. And we read, God said, now let's make humans who will be like us. They will rule over all the fish in the sea and the birds in the air. They will rule over all the large animals and all the little things that crawl on the earth. So God created humans in his own image. He created them to be like himself. He created them male and female. God blessed them and said to them, have many children, fill the earth and take control of it. Rule, underline the word rule, circle the word rule. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the air. Rule over every living thing that moves on the earth. What is our role in creation? Well, here's the big principle. God is the creator and ruler of all. And we are created to rule under him. When it comes to the universe, there are two ways you can look at it. You can look at it as God created the universe. Or you look, can look at it as the universe created God. And the way you look at it makes all the difference when it comes to creation care. If you believe that the universe created God, 
Then there's no use talking about the reason that we're here. There's no use talking about how we should take care of creation. Because it all boils down to might makes right. If you have the might, then you have the right. You have the right to do anything that you want and treat creation any way you want to. But deep down in our heart, deep down in our heart, we know there's a way of knowing with your heart. We know we're not here by chance or by accident. And the Bible confirms what we know in our heart to be true, that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Look at what God does. God makes the world and then he makes us in his image. And then he sets us in the world to rule with him, to rule under him. Do you know who you are? Now, many years ago when ancient peoples would read these words, they would have a little different take on it than we do. Because back in those days, ancient kings, in fact, I found a picture of an ancient king. (laughs) Well, I'm not sure he's a king, but he's sure getting ancient. What they would do is this. Ancient kings would create little images of themselves, little statues, and they would put them all around their empire. And those images were there to represent the presence of the king, the power of the king, the authority of the king, the rule of the king. And what does God do? God creates us in his image. And he sets us in the world to represent him. His power, his presence, his authority to rule with him, to rule under him. Do you know who you are? Pause and think about it. That God has created you in his image so that you can rule the world with him. Of course, the world doesn't belong to us. It belongs to him. In Psalm 24, we read this. The earth belongs to the Lord, and so does everything in it. The world belongs to him, and so do all those who live in it. We are not the owners of the world. Instead, we are more like managers. We've been made to manage. Think of it this way. Let's say you join one of those home exchange programs. And someone is on vacation and they're using your home and you're on vacation using their home and you have a blast. And when you come back to your house, there's holes in the wall, there's stains on the carpet, broken dishes in the sink, the couch is turned upside down and the television has a hole in it. Nobody messes with your television. And so you call the people who were at your house and you say, What's up? What happened? And they say, well, we were watching the game and we got so mad when the 49ers lost that we threw our shoe at our television. And you say, wait a second, time out. I think there's a misunderstanding. That television does not belong to you. It belongs to me. And that right there is the reason that we are to take care of this house. 
Because this house does not belong to us. It belongs to God. And God sets us in the world to rule with him, to rule under him. As kings and queens, we've been made to manage. Psalm chapter 8 puts it this way. It says, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them? You have made them a little lower than the angels and crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands. You have put everything under their feet. God's given us a very high place in the creative order. We've been made to manage. What would it look like for you and I to exercise that authority this week? Well, first of all, we take care of creation when we manage our part of the garden. When we manage our part of the garden, let's circle back to the creation story. In Genesis 1, there's the macro view. In Genesis 2, we start to go micro. And here's what we read. Then the Lord God formed the man from the dust of the ground. He breathed the breath of life into the man's nostrils. And the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in, the Eden, in Eden in the east. And there he placed the man he had made. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and to watch over it. To tend and watch over it. In other places in the Old Testament, it's used to speak of a, a shepherd that watches over his sheep or a watchman that watches over his city. And God places us in the garden and gives us the role of taking care of our part of the garden. Because when we look around us with eyes of faith, when we see streams and we see mountains and we see forests, if we have eyes to see, we see handwriting. My wife and I had a chance recently to go and visit a national park. And it wasn't the Garden of Eden, but it had to be close because we were surrounded by these big, beautiful redwood trees all around us. These giants of the forest, and they, they rise up to over 300 feet high. They're the tallest trees in the world. And some of them have been around since the time of Christ. And it really is something that they grow very high, but their roots are very shallow. The way that they withstand the storms is that their roots are intertwined with each other. They overlap. And isn't that the way it works for us? That when, well, we're intertwined with each other, that we're better when we're together, we're stronger when we're together, and that's how we can withstand the storms of life. Well, the beauty of all that creation was overwhelming. And if with eyes of faith, if you have eyes to see, Martin Luther said this. He said, God writes the gospel not in the Bible alone, but also on the trees and in the flowers and the clouds, and the stars. As people of faith, when we look at the wonder of creation, we don't see an environment. 
we see instead the handwriting of God. That the sea isn't divine. The trees aren't divine. Some people look at nature and they believe that nature itself is divine. This is called pantheism. But as people of faith, we don't see nature as divine. Instead, we see nature as the handwriting of God. Psalm 95 puts it this way. It says, he holds in his hands the depths of the earth and the mightiest mountains. The seas belong to him, for he made it. His hands formed the dry land too. He is the creator, and he's distinct from his creation. Like a painter is distinct from his painting, or an author is distinct from his book, or a songwriter is distinct from the song. He is distinct from creation. All of creation, all of it, owes its existence to him. And if we have eyes to see the handwriting of God, and if we have ears to hear, Psalm 96 says this. It says, let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Let the sea and everything in it shout his praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy. Hallelujah. That we join with the rest of creation in worship to the creator. We owe existence to him. And every time we take care of our part of the garden. You know, what would that look like for you? I heard about one family. They were having a dinner party at their house. And after the party was over, the mom, well, she loaded all the trash into a black trash bag and she took it out, put it on the back porch. But that night, something got into the garbage and so when they woke up, it was Sunday morning and garbage was everywhere around the yard. Uh, they thought, well, we'll just clean it up when we get back from church. And so here's the family sitting in church together. And the pastor that day was talking about how we need to make sure that we take care of the earth. And so he had a, a trash bag himself and he pulled out trash from that bag and there were cans and there was plastic and there was paper and he scattered it all over the platform and he asked the congregation he said now what does this look like and the little boy that's a part of that family he jumps up and says it looks just like our backyard <laughs> oh my I was thinking what are some things I could do this week to take care of my part of the garden there's a park that I walk by. Maybe I could take a garbage bag with me and pick up litter along the way. Maybe I could help my wife sort through our trash to make sure that we're getting recycling in the right place, in the right bin. I could adjust the thermostat just a bit so we could save a little bit of energy. Or maybe, just maybe now, I have a car and I fill it up with gas every week, but every once in a while, maybe just maybe if it's practical, I could set those keys aside, get a little exercise on my bike and spare the air just a bit. 
here at Cathedral of Faith, we're trying to do a better job at that. We put in these solar panels to harness the energy of the sun. And they are saving us about $100,000 a year. Can somebody say amen to that? But even more important, it's helping us to take better care of our part of the garden. That this is helping us to reduce our carbon footprint by 11 million pounds. What does that mean? It would be like the Cathedral of Faith planting 65,000 trees. See, God takes us and he places us in the garden and he gives us something to manage. What would it look like for you to manage your part of the garden? It can start today. See, we've been made to manage. And a second way we can live out that big principle is this. We can take care of creation when we treat animals with the dignity that is due them. I saw this one dog who's painting a picture. Watch the screens. It's just hard to believe. It's amazing. It really is amazing what animals can learn from us. And every once in a while, we can learn something from animals too. Uh, my wife has always had an interest in beekeeping. And recently, some friends at the church, they have a friend. That's his hobby. And so he came over, and we have a beehive now in our backyard. Now, I got to admit, at first, I wasn't too crazy about that idea. But I've come around and I go back into our yard and, and watch those bees with fascination. There's so many takeaways from bees. Take, for example, their teamwork. Everybody has a job. The worker bees, it's their job to provide food and to build the hive. The drone bees, it's their job to mate with the queen. Somebody's got to do it. And the queen, it's her job to lay eggs so that they can reproduce. And when everybody is working together, doing their job, there's synergy in that. And a few months, guess what we're going to have in our hands? Can you spell honey? There's so much we can learn from each other. In fact, in Proverbs chapter 30, time and time again in the Bible, we're told to consider the animals. We read, there are four things on earth that are small but unusually wise. Ants, they aren't strong, but they store up food all summer. Rock badgers, they aren't powerful, but they make their homes among the rocks. Locusts, they have no king, but they march in formation. 
Lizards, they're easy to catch, but they are found even in kings' palaces. The wisdom that's there. There's this mutuality between us and the animal kingdom on things we can learn from each other. And every time we take care of the animal kingdom, we're reflecting the image of God because God cares about the animals that he's created. Again, we see this throughout the Bible. In Exodus chapter 23, we read, you have six days each week for your ordinary work, but on the seventh day, you must stop working. Why? Because this gives your ox and your donkey a chance to rest. In Psalm 145, we read, the Lord is good to everyone. He showers his compassion on all, all, all his creation. And then we continue in Proverbs chapter 12. The godly care for their animals, but the wicked are always cruel. And then Jesus draws this parallel between, well, between creation and us and the way God cares. He says, what's the price of two sparrows? One copper coin, not very much. But not a single sparrow can fall to the ground without your father knowing it. So don't be afraid. You're more valuable to God than a whole flock of sparrows. A whole flock of them. Animals do not have the value that human beings have. Animals do not have the dignity that human beings have. But they do have value. They do have dignity. Now don't get me wrong. I enjoy a good piece of chicken or a good cut of steak as much as the next guy. But in the way that we raise them, are we giving them their proper due? There was a man back in the 18th century. He was a follower of Jesus. His name was William Wilberforce. Now, what he is most known for was his work in abolishing the slave trade in that day. He believed that every person, every person regardless of race or ethnicity, that every person was made in the image of God and deserved to be treated with dignity and respect. Now in that day, slavery was everywhere. It was everywhere around the world, among every culture and subculture in the world, people oppressing other people. But his work in abolishing the slave trade, it started a tsunami, a tsunami of freedom that eventually worked this way throughout the world. And that's what he's known for. He was a champion of human rights. But do you know that God used him also to be a force for animal rights? He created an organization called the RSPCA, the Royal Society for the Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. It was the first organization ever of its kind. And today it's the largest organization of its kind in the world. Anytime you see SPCA, you can trace its roots back to the founder, a follower of Jesus, a servant of God who recognized the value of all God's creation. What would it look like for me this week 
to step up and work for the humane treatment of animals. There's lots of ideas. I could give a financial gift to an organization. I could volunteer at a local animal shelter. I could, I could even adopt, open a home for a new cat or a new dog. It's interesting to me that animals and mankind in the story of creation, they're both created on the sixth day, the same day. And maybe that's a hint as to why we have a special connection with the animal world, especially when it comes to the domesticated animals. If you're a dog person, you know what I'm talking about. I saw this one dog and it said a dog is better than a wife because the later you come home, the happier your dog is to see you. If you're a cat person, I respect you. I don't understand you, but I do respect you. I saw this one dog who says to his master, I did the math and we can't afford the cat. (laughs) But if you're a cat person, you know what I'm talking about. If you're a pet person, then you know how there's this special connection we have with our pets, which brings us to one of the great mysteries of our generation. Do pets end up in heaven? The answer is, I don't know. I'm not sure. But the late Billy Graham, he once said this. He said, God will prepare everything for our perfect happiness in heaven. And if it takes my dog being there, I believe he'll be there. And I would say amen to that. That dog will be there. Why not? Who knows? I'm not sure about cats, but the rest of creation, there's this connection we have. Let me close with a story about one of those special connections. There was a lady named Maria, and she had rescued a dog. The dog's name was Sitia. And she would take the dog with her to mass. She went to daily mass and she would take the dog with her to church, kind of like what we're doing at Cathedral this weekend. Now, it was a regular part of their routine. The dog never disrupted the service, never bothered anybody. He enjoyed going to church. And even after his master, Maria, passed away, do you know that dog still showed up at church. That parish priest said every time he had a mass, there was the dog in attendance. That dog was more faithful than those parishioners. And I wonder, take a good look at that. Because I wonder if this gives us a glimpse of what heaven is going to be like. Man and beast Worshiping the God who made them both. In Revelation chapter 4 we read. Around the throne were four living beings. Each covered with eyes front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face. And the fourth was like an eagle in flight. 
Day after day, night after night, they keep on saying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. All creation, worshiping the creator who made them. When you step out into your world this week, look around you. What a wonderful world it is. I see trees of green, red roses too.
What a wonderful world it is. I hope every day this week, uh, you'll worship God as you see his handwriting all around us. Enjoy your creator. Enjoy his creation. Lean into your purpose because we've been made to manage. Thanks again for joining me today. I love our online community. We pray for you and thank you for your faithfulness. It's so good to see you every week. Even though it's through technology, it's still great to be together. And right after this service, you know, don't forget, there's the wrap, a way to take the message deeper and further. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you go. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine brightly upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you and give you his peace. And every day this week, may you be struck with awe at the creation of God. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I pray this. Amen. Hello. Welcome, Cathedral fam. We're so happy to have you here today and all our friends here to unpack and talk about Pastor Ken's amazing message on creation and all the things and beauties that God has gifted us for us to appreciate. So go on in the chat. I know it's doggy weekend this weekend here at Cathedral. So if you have a canine friend, uh, put his name in the chat so they can all say hello. <laughs> but let's start off this uh, amazing rap with you, Pastor Yus. Yeah, first of all, I want to shout out to our dog with you. If you watch you, man, we love you. You know, <laughs> this is all you. about you today, buddy. <laughs> no, the first thing that what Pastor Ken said, he was talking about that we were made to rule the mm. earth, right? When when God uh, breathed his breath into uh, a man. And mm. they reminded me of a book of uh, Miles Monroe. And he was talking about uh, spiritual leadership because Esther and I, we love leadership, mm. right? And then he said, like, if you don't think that you are a leader, mm -hmm. you are. Like, if you have a room, you're the leader in your room. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure that it's tidy mm -hmm. and everything, you know? So I think it's so important to realize that we all have that purpose of, like, exercising our leadership mm -hmm. to rule and to do it in a good sense. That was the first thing that I got mm -hmm. out of it. That's really nice. Yeah. I love the imagery that he gave with that about the... Um the ancient kings putting their images everywhere. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then that yeah. God chose to put, make us his yes. images yes. to rule. Wow. And I feel like it reminded me just of how many times in me first that I live below mm. what I feel God has attended and that mm. I don't always go into every situation or my space with authority and being like, mm -hmm. this is God's. I'm just the manager. And it's freeing mm -hmm. when you do that to be like, this is God's. He's in control. There's all power, all authority. I'm just here speaking what he's saying. I'm yeah. just here to to navigate and be the hands and feet, but ultimately he's, you know, full in control. So I think that this image bearer principle of rule is something mm. that can really grow in every area yeah. of our lives. That's so true. Yeah, yeah, I like the manager. We're all managers. Yeah. <laughs> I would never say like, hi, hello, I, I'm Megan, the manager. <laughs> but I love that illustration of it. I also liked how he talked about um, recycling. Mm -hmm. Because in San Jose, we're not the best recyclers, let me tell you. And then I moved to Milpitas, and they actually car uh, they put every different, um, like, sections. Sections, yes. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, they have plastic, then they have uh, food, and then they have... So we had to 
changed all my thinking into putting them into sections. Wow. And I love that about Mopitas because mm. I feel like San Jose should also do that as well. We need to <laughs> yeah. Yeah, separate so that we can uh, take better care of our earth and mm. especially all that stuff that uh, stays in the in the filth and the land. Mm -hmm. You know, like mm. we got we got to get better at that. Mm -hmm. It's true. So what, what, true. What what uh, what uh, when we we came here. It is so amazing to see how many cars you have. Yeah. Like even like our neighbors next door, they have four people and, and they have all five good, cars. And big cars. We like <laughs> yeah, big cars. Like, we come from a country where you have one car one in the, car family, the family, you know, if that, because yeah. public transport, that's like... Or well, your bike. Yeah, you your, your bicycle. Bike, you it's know? like huge. Yeah. They have more bikes than people in Holland. Yeah, yeah. they do. Wow. Yeah, two yeah. million more than people, than we have wow. people. Well, COVID uh, actually pushed the bikes up. People were buying bikes all over the place yeah, because so it's like a nice activity to get out and enjoy God's creation mm -hmm. And yeah. get fresh air, so that was a huge plus too. Yeah, um, true. To I, I bought a race bike. It's it's not easy here with all the hills, but I'm trying. <laughs> <laughs> Let the Dutch out. Yeah. Um, um, so I just um, when we went to the mission field, I, I told God, okay, God. Any country, it's fine, but I don't want to go to a country where they have insects and a lot of, you know, creepy animals. Mm. I'm fine. Send me wherever. So then God sends me to South Africa, and then I have a child that loves animals. Mm. Juicy yeah, loves animals. Yeah, that's true. So ever since he was young, he would bring in snakes and reptiles and and stray dogs and pigeons <laughs> and whatever. I've had we have we've had it all. We yeah. have every animal in our house. And we live with about 125 people. They all came from the streets and all ex-addicts, whatever. And so one day his pigeon died. He managed to have a... It was a pigeon from, from somewhere else, right? From somewhere I mean, else, but, but he took care his of pigeon. it. It was his. So then he managed to have a little funeral with some of the men oh. there. <laughs> and he had them, like, sing songs and do they worship. Amazing and Grace. Everybody bow your head. Amazing Grace. For the pigeon. Wow. Oh, and if somebody was <laughs> laughing, he was like, really, no, you don't laugh. That's God's creation. <laughs> and we were looking, like, down, like, from mm -hmm. our window. And it, in a way, it was, like, really funny. But then when you think about it, like, wow, that managing, that leadership mm -hmm. was, like, already inside of him. Mm -hmm. And if you, like, make fun of it, you just don't know how God wants, like, like a mm -hmm. David. You know, he took care of the sheep, and then mm -hmm. he took care of, he became a king, you know? Mm -hmm. So you never know um, what's inside of a little child. Absolutely. Yeah. and the, beautiful. Yeah. Even the way of, like, how it it draws out of you such a respect and an awe yes. and a reverence yeah. for the creator, yeah. mm -hmm. which yeah. is ultimately what he's doing is he's That's like worshiping exactly. and honoring yeah. his God. Yeah. And I feel like Pastor Ken's message did that. It's yeah. just like drew out of us. Like, don't be so unaware of the beauty and the great and the awe and the reverence that is all around you. Mm. And I'm kind of in that situation too, where I'm not naturally an animal dog person, but um, growing up, my brothers had one and, and I remember this one incident where I was so, so sick and I had to drive from here back home where I lived in Vegas at that point. And I was, I had food poisoning, sick, sick. I've never been like that, that sick. 
And this little dog, my, my brother's dog, who I always was like, ah, get him out. He's going to poop. You know, all that came and sat with me for three days the wow. whole time. Wow. Sat with me that for three so days. Special. And I'll never forget yeah. that. And it yeah. like meant so much yeah. to me. Mm. And then to think that not, yeah, we're made in the image of God, but they, these animals are also God breathed. And so there's mm-hmm. something in them that yes. is God like that God wants us to learn from that. So mm-hmm. fast forward to Zion, my son, through COVID, us being ourselves, we got a dog. He had asked for it. My son loves animals and loves dogs, right? But how much that this dog has brought so much life and relationship yeah. Yeah. to and life to our family and brought so much that I felt like, wow, there is there is a God intention for us to discover yes. in animals, yes. even if that's not our natural yeah. inclination. Mm-hmm. And even in walking the dog, mm-hmm. because walking the dog brings you out in the nature. Yes. Like we fight, no, you walk the dog, no, you walk the dog. <laughs> <laughs> but then when you finally walk the dog, it brings such a peace, being in, yeah. being in nature. Yeah. You know, I love when Pastor Ken said, uh, the, uh, I think it's in Psalms or Proverbs, I don't know. But uh, even the trees sing out for yeah. with joy. It's like, wow, that's amazing. And here we are, like, cutting the trees like it's nothing in the Amazon, you know? Like, there's something where you're out in the nature, you feel the presence of God because His hands created that, you know? The camaraderie that we're a part of this creation. Yes. And the same God that created and knit me together in my mother's womb is the same God that yes. formed and chose yes. to give life to this. Yes. And that, and he chose for us to be together. Yeah. yeah. He could have put him on a whole other planet or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he chose for us to be together. Yeah. So that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. I, um, I also love the part when he spoke, because everyone has an animal that you don't like, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> so when he spoke about the bees, um, like Zara, my daughter, she has like a bee phobia. phobia? Is she phobia? allergic? What's that? Is she allergic? No. She just, I don't know, she's just so scared to get stung yeah, by a too. bee. I've never been stung before. It's horrible, yeah. I have. Um, but when he explained that, um, you know, when you look at the bees, they all mm-hmm. have, how they're all in position. Like, even they have a task to manage. Mm-hmm. That's so amazing. And then how they serve us again. Because mm-hmm. we do like the honey. Yeah, <laughs> and it, they, they have right? their own purpose yeah. already yeah. instilled yeah. in them. Yes. Which is so how beautiful yeah. that? that we can watch animals do their thing because they have a purpose instilled yeah. in them. So we know we have a purpose instilled in us mm-hmm. to manage them as yeah. well. Well, yeah. so I thought like, wow, that's a huge, I've never put that connection together. I love yeah. that one. That was very yeah. great. Well, um, our scripture for today, there's two scriptures that stood out. One is Psalms chapter eight, verse four, that it says, what is mankind that you are mindful of me? I mm. love that scripture. Yeah. Like who is man that you are mindful, mindful of me? But of me. think also that it doesn't just extend to us. It also is that he is mindful of the sparrows and of creation, but yet how much more of us? So I love that. I think it's just a good takeaway. But the, also the last one is that the Lord shows compassion to all of his creation. Love so that. Not only does he show compassion to all creation, but he shows compassion to you and to I, every single one of us, no matter where we're at. And we are part of something greater. We're part of the bigger picture and we get to commune in that. So for this week, we want to encourage you to love that the nature and the creation is around you, but also more importantly is to love the God who created not just you, but created the animals, the everything else yeah. around and sense and know that the love of God is there for you wherever you look. You, where can I go from your love? There's nowhere that I can go. Yeah. There's nowhere that I can hide. Amen. It is painted everywhere. It's written. 
is written yeah, everywhere yeah, it's and good. it's inscribed in our hearts yeah. as well. So may you feel the love of God this week. May you feel the compassion of your God, not just on you, but where you dwell and for everyone else that we get to dwell with together. Cathedral of Faith, we love you. We hope to see you. Love you. Yes, have a wonderful <laughs> week. And as always, it's a wrap.